0: favorite thing growing up, man, it was a little weirdo. My favorite thing were were tournaments and brackets. Yeah, no response is the appropriate response. What's up, posers? Welcome to Punk Lotto Pod. I'm your co-host, Justin Hensley. And I'm your other co-host, Dylan Hensley. And joining us today is stand-up comedian and friend of uh, the show, friend, uh, Zia Hilties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we
0: have Brandy Posey with us. Brandy, how's it going?
1: Hey, it's good. Hey, we're talking about Scout It means we're already friends. You know, that's all the right. beauty of Sky music. It just brings us all right into it. I'm like, oh, cool. So you were also that kid good to know Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new yeah, club <laughs> it's
0: the uh, hello fellow traveler Just absolutely you're on the same wavelength you know when you meet someone who had a ska phase or currently love ska
1: <laughs> is it a phase of, or is it a lifestyle I don't know that's the question um...
0: <laughs> for some people the chain it's
1: definitely wallet a has, yeah yeah the chain wallet has gone away but it still lives in my heart is that...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's weird on the inside now more so
0: <laughs> yeah we um we connected to you through zia hilty who we did our goldfinger episode last week and so this is this is pretty awesome um we were we originally offered her the bracket and she was like i don't know if i know enough about these bands and it's like but my friend would be perfect for it I was like okay oh
1: <laughs> yeah zia's the best i've known her oh my god since 2006 too long um, we used to when we we 've seen a lot of ska bands I had a lot of emo bands together we went to, we lived in Philly and just kind of have uh we were that was in college like neither one of us drank, so we both like just went to shows all the time and that 's where all of our money
0: went instead mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty pretty good time yeah and if anyone on who 's listening is familiar with like fest we 've talked about it a lot mm-hmm. we probably talked about it too much um. <laughs> we've been told that we talk about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you've performed at Fest multiple times during Stand Up and we've mm-hmm. seen you there a couple times too and you're always awesome. great there. So.
1: Yeah, I love I love Fest. It's uh one of my favorite times of the year. I'll keep it sh- I keep my gushing short about it. Uh <laughs> but it's uh yeah, it's one of my favorite times of the year. Um I was supposed to be one of the headliners this year so I'm bummed that uh it didn't happen, but look forward to 2021. Gainesville is a a beautiful, weird little little spot in the middle of a weird ass state. I love that place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next year, we it's scheduled to be a thing. We'll see. You know, Florida's its own thing yes. right now. So I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, today we are doing a bracket episode. So we've done '90s pop punk. We've done dad rock. We've done the IRS Records Catalog. Um, This time, we are doing Third Wave Ska. Um, Yeah, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. (laughs) And the way we've been doing these is we'll just do each head-to-head, and then we'll vote on that onto the next round, and then we'll go all the way through. Takes a while to get through the first round, but the second and third and the final tend to go by in, like, less than 10 minutes. So it's, like, real quick. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm excited. Um, I love uh, all of these bands. And it's just a fun little walk down memory lane uh, when you guys sent this over to me. Feels good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, we'll get started and we'll do our first head to head. And we have Less Than Jake versus Save Ferris. Can we take the time to really discover how little we know about each other? Keep on saying anything. can separate from.
2: You any I and I
0: we'll just take these as they come stealing start with Less Than Jake <laughs> Less Than Jake is the band that everyone knows It's probably the I think between them and Mighty Body Boss Tones, those are, those are probably the two everyone has had a song by them on a burned CD and at, at least you know one song. Less Than Jake is a band that I didn't really ever get into mm. um, as a Ska fan. Only appreciated a few songs and really never felt mm-hmm. too inspired to dig deeper on them. So, But they're huge and they're still huge. Like... They draw big crowds. I know they always do at Fest.
1: They're from Gainesville originally. It's
0: hometown.
2: Yeah.
0: So I, I see their place in ska history as very important, but they're not not one of my favorites. Not Brandy. What do you think of Less Than Jake?
1: Uh, well, so they have a special place in my heart because Less Than Jake was kind of my way into ska music. Like they were the first band that I ever really. Somebody, gave uh, my my little brother was like a BMX racer, and so summers were just spent going all over the country, just going to like BMX tracks, and then I would just like sit in the van, like reading a book, and then listening to CDs, and the one summer before we really hit the road for like a month and a half, somebody gave me like three less than Jake CDs, we're like, hey, check these out, and just um, so many of their songs to me are about like wanting to hit the open road and just like get the hell out of where you're from, and like that just really you know, I, I'm from Maryland originally and grew up in, like, a suburb of D.C., and just, like, that that uh, sentiment was something that was just, like, really spoke to me at, at a certain age. So I don't listen to them anywhere near as much now as I used to, but they were they were kind of, like, my, my entryway into Third Wave, and, um, you know, I'll always love them for that reason.
0: Yeah, they do have a little bit more of the, um, the punk attitude. I guess that maybe that's the Gainesville side of things and being so connected with, like, Hot Water Music and Against Mm -hmm. Me and all the bands from that era. So, I guess that gives you that, like, gotta get out of this small town, even though Gainesville's kind of a cool town. I mean, I imagine most most time of the year is probably uh, really college-heavy, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think we get a very specific flavor of Gainesville the weekend (laughs) that we are there. (laughs) Yeah, I've been through for stand-up at different times, and it feels very different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Les and Jake are, like, one of the... I, I think of three bands when I think of like specifically like third wave nineties ska it's, it's mm-hmm. less than Jake. The mighty, Mighty Bosstones are real big fish. Like those, I yeah. feel like those, they all had, mm-hmm. I guess less than Jake didn't have too many radio hits, but they did have uh, some soundtrack appearances. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're on mm-hmm. the good burger soundtrack.
1: Yes, they were.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to yeah, say they just have just... some other ones. Well, yeah. Tony Hawk, they're... right.
1: Yeah I'm pretty sure they're on Tony Hawk uh, Well Tony Hawk in, is in general is like Very responsible for a lot of These bands like kind of popping through Goldfinger you guys talked about with Zia Like definitely Superman on Tony Hawk Was a huge deal for them Yeah yeah Good Burger uh, Chris Demakis, the lead singer of uh, Less Than Jake He has a new podcast and he just had Aaron Barrett on And they was yelling at him about how like Ruby Fish got
0: um, Basketball and they got Good Burger it's
1: Like how <laughs> the hell
2: did that happen <laughs>
0: Cool. Yeah, and, I, and seeing as Dylan and I are brothers, I'm kind of in the same wavelength as like they were never one of my ska bands, mm-hmm. but I've always appreciated them for mm-hmm. you know for their thing, uh, their their importance in ska punk. So like mm-hmm. they've been on comps, they've had songs yeah. on there that I was that I owned, and I was like, oh, I really like that song. You know, never got too into the albums by them, but. I didn't. I never saw them at Fest. They. I did remember going into the Florida theater once after they had played, and they had thrown out these like cereal boxes that said like Mm -hmm. Less Than Jake on it. I had like cartoon versions of them, and they were just like flattened, smashed ones like all over the floor because they'd just been tossed around the entire set. And I was like, "Damn, I should have been in here for this. This would have been amazing." But
1: (laughs) I mean, they are they are a really amazing live show. They've done. They've brought a lot of like shtick to different times. They like um. Not never full as as much as like the Aquabats or something, but there was a tour where they had a whole Price is Right set. And uh, Chris would come out with a little Bob Barker mic and he had a wheel that he would spin. And if it landed on whatever album it landed on, uh, they would play a song off that album that the crowd yelled out. So it's like wow. they've done that. They have um, there's uh, there's they have a, a mascot guy with like a skull that comes out and skanks sometimes. They have like uh, toilet paper cannons and like they really like the, the showmanship is, is is real big with them and it's it's fun because it's it, a lot of these bands have also kind of hit a point where um it's it feels like they they had a dip and then if they've made it through they're not bitter and they're just thankful that they're still doing it because these guys are all in their like mid-40s now and they're like oh cool we can, we can. <laughs> so there's a joy to them seeing them now that like wasn't there for for a minute so it's exciting to see it too
0: it yeah, just this like we got to spend our whole lives playing ska music like our adult yeah. lives. <laughs> this yeah. is our job now. <laughs>
1: the Nerdiest grift of all time is being a ska band that made it to
2: 2020.
0: <laughs> yeah. right. I, I can imagine being a touring active ska band in the like the Iraq War, post 9/11, <laughs> Bush era. <Yeah. laughs> every yeah. every other band on like Warp Tour is just playing constant mm. breakdowns and.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
1: think that's I do have a theory that 9-11 is the reason that the third wave crashed.
0: <laughs> I can see that. There, yeah, there's there's there one was... or two bands on here that we are going to talk about that uh, maybe kind of kept that like flame alive, but it was a rough patch for Ska. It was all aggro stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: These guys are like, um, we're like marching band geeks. Our jeans can't be that tight. <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to do now. <laughs>
0: All right, so they are going up against Save Ferris. Brandy, do you have any strong opinions about Save Ferris?
1: Uh, I actually do. Um, So, well, maybe not about Save Ferris. I'm not a big fan of Monique the lead singer. Um, There's a lot of controversy around the current iteration of Save Ferris. Because Save Ferris broke up and then... Uh, she decided to reunite the band but didn't tell anybody else and brought in all session musicians Um, so there is a whole court case that happened and um, a settlement happened and there were nda signed and all the other members of the band can't really talk about what that means but she is currently touring with a band called save ferris and i've heard not I've, i've heard not great things about her quite quite a bit and uh i yeah so i'm 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 more of a fan of Starpool, which is uh, Brian Mashburn, the guitar player from Star. Uh, Star uh, Say is Ferris' other band. I think Starpool is really fun. Um, they have very similar songs to Safe Ferris. I mean, uh, which is a bummer because like at the time, you know, in the 90s, it was, um, you know, uh, the Ansel Crashers, Safe Ferris and No Doubt were like the bands with like the lady singers. And I was stoked about that. And then, you know, it, it was a shame to grow up and hear, hear not great things. <laughs> About the way she was uh, handling her shit, uh so not to bring in like weird messy drama I've like overheard, but that's like kind of my feelings in say Ferris
0: hmm. um yeah, they were never one of the bands that I was like that's an essential band, like yeah, they kind of had the standout. I mean you know they have mm-hmm. the Ferris Bueller reference in their name, and then mm-hmm. they they yeah, were like with dancehall Crashers, one of the bands like, oh this is all, you know. Woman lead singer mm-hmm. in this band, you know, it's kind of a, mm-hmm. a dude dominated scene in the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sad to know that uh, she uh, didn't quite handle that <laughs> in the most uh, cool way, yeah. most punk I way, mean, I guess.
1: <laughs> I will I will give her that being a woman in the spotlight in the nineties into the odds seemed really aw- especially awful. You know, I mean at that at that time we really were like. Uh, yeah pushing, like, a a, a a body type that was, like, impossible to, to maintain with, like, your Paris Hiltons and whatnot. So I think it's, like, there there's a lot of extra challenges that she kind of, like, had to deal with that a lot of these guys didn't really have on them. So, you know, I, I want to give her the room to... Everyone's allowed to be messy, I guess, but, you know, I just and I'm not a, a huge fan of
0: all of that. Well, I mean, I imagine most of these bands have something messy going on at some yes. point because they have like eight people in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, the lineup changes, I mean, on most of these bands, uh, you go look at the, the past members, it's like, Ooh, <laughs> that's a lot of fights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, musically, though, I guess she does have, I will say she has a, one of the more powerful voices in sky, especially in third yeah. wave. Like Absolutely. her voice is strong, and it's like yeah. kind of a R and B ish soul mm-hmm. sort of vibe to it, and so like that that made them stand apart.
1: Oh yeah, I mean she can belt it, I and mean, then she still can. I saw her at back at the beach, uh, back to the beach festival two or three years ago now, and that was I mean she's she can sing, <laughs> and nobody can take that away from her. So got an she's, amazing voice for sure.
0: She's got that kind of Stevie Nicks raspy. Mm-hmm quality to it to yeah. It makes it really unique especially mm-hmm. in ska yeah which is full of a lot of dudes yelling mostly <laughs> so yeah Dylan, do you have any say fairs thoughts not really yeah kind of like you they never seemed super essential so i never dug into them and yeah i guess hearing their whole deal makes them less appealing <laughs> now <laughs> going forward i did enjoy what i i heard prepping for this episode though mm-hmm. Again, her voice is really great. They definitely do have that studio mu- musician quality, though. Like, the the mm-hmm. sound of their recordings is... It's a very high caliber. Um,
1: yeah. Also which, on the soundtrack, the uh, 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: They were also on another soundtrack for a Mark Wahlberg movie. I just saw it. <laughs> Let me find out which one it was. April. <laughs> <Perfect. laughs> April. Hey, hey, the big hit. <laughs> Uh, it's a big that? hit from 98. It's Mark Wahlber- Wahlberg, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, Christina Applegate, <laughs> Joaquin <laughs> Woodbine. 90s ass <laughs> cast. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I thought would be funny is if when before we make our decision we also take into consideration uh, what novelty pair, uh, uh, cover song that these bands have done. So oh, funny. <laughs> the 90s ska band who does a cover of an 80s or, you know, 70s hit is uh, pretty well-tread. Uh, oh, yeah. So I I uh, found that uh, Less Than Jake covered uh, Cheap Trick's Surrender.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: oh, Safe so Ferris did Dexy's Midnight Runners' Come On Eileen. So yep. <laughs> that's like track four on that album.
1: <laughs> well, that's like I think their biggest hit, too, is the cover, right?
0: Yeah, which is never good for a band when your biggest hit is a cover yeah, yeah exactly. so um uh, let's vote uh dylan who are you going to vote for between these two i'm going to go with less than jake even though they're not an important band to me they're so important to ska to third wave ska their place is well earned they're a band that i really do just need to make the effort to listen to more substantially i bet if i saw them live i would get really into them
1: sure <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I I love them. They're on my favorite live acts ever. And and when you go through their catalog, just take it on an open road. I really think that they are best listened to in a car driving, driving away from something you don't want to be near.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I take it you're going to vote for them as well.
1: Yeah. I'm a less than Jake vote. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I will too. That's a pretty unanimous decision there. Mm -hmm. All right. Our next head to head. We have the Mad Caddies going up against Fishbone. with mad caddies i don't know a lot about mad caddies i know they've been around since the 90s yeah they're kind of eclectic with what they do they do a lot of weird stuff on their records so like yeah. they'll they'll do the ska stuff and then they'll do some they'll dip into the white guy reggae like the sublime stuff there's some jazz in there some latin music some polka there's like one that's like a sea shanty it yeah. was it kind of felt like a band who didn't really have a, a, a a defined like sound not in the, yeah. being eclectic is isn't a definite you know it's something too. the band uh, fishbone is definitely an eclectic band. so and aquabats would like go off and do weird stuff too but i don't know i just ne- i don't know people who are like hardcore mad caddies fans like <laughs> they just don't feel like they have the songs for me but uh brandy do you have any mad caddies thoughts
2: um, I mean,
1: that's kind of the way I, how I feel about it too, where it's just like, I like a band to have showmanship and I've seen them once and I just felt like they were all just wearing like cargo shorts and like Tevas and <laughs> I was like, all right, I mean, whatever. But I mean, even like, I'd literally just Googled them again just to be like, am I right? And then I looked and it's like, their like main band picture is like, they're just all in like different kinds of great t-shirts and pullovers and like, I don't know, like I... I feel like I put more effort into going to. to I, I don't want to ever pu- feel like I put more effort dressing up to go to a show than the people that I paid to go see. <laughs> 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 and doesn't mean needed to go crazy, but it's just kind of like I don't know. There's there's like an element of showmanship that I've just never. I, I, and I don't listen to them just uh, on my Spotify or whatever, but uh, yeah,
0: I'm I'm they're fine. You know, I just pulled up a picture of them too, and I'm like, oh, you wouldn't know this was a ska band at all. Mm-mm, no, like... it
1: looks like a <laughs> bunch of substitute teachers.
2: Uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, the the amount of like the little like ha- quarter zip uh, pullover sweaters, <laughs> fleeces. There's, yeah. there's too many fleeces in this band picture. There's really, cool. none of them should be wearing a fleece. <laughs> there's no
1: room for fleece and ska bands. Like you jumping your skank in, you can't skank in fleece. Like. <laughs>
0: Dylan, do you have any Mad Caddies opinions? I had to skip a lot of songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just they would, yeah, they would try to do Dixieland or they would try and do a sea shanty or it, it's too many different things. I really wanted them to just be like, this is a ska song, this is a punk song, this is a ska song, yeah. this is a punk song. If <laughs> if you need that much, maybe you do like more of a slightly more reggae two tone type ska mm-hmm. if you've got got the chops to do it, but. Yeah, I did just see they're from Solvang, uh, California, which is mm. the weird town that looks like just like a Dutch yeah. city in the middle of California for no reason.
2: That's really, so really weird, really from weird from to
0: that. drive through, which <laughs> kind of makes sense now that yeah. they try to do so many different things. They must have a. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine the culture there is very strange.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure I can only imagine. <laughs> All
0: funny. right. So they are going up against one of the other most eclectic bands on this on this bracket. Uh, we have Fishbone. Mm. Um, <laughs> we almost didn't include Fishbone on here. Um, yeah. We The original version of the bracket that I sent you, we had Five Iron Frenzy on there. And we actually wound up talking with Andy from Five Iron Frenzy and then thought it would feel weird if we had him on a bracket, too. So we were mm-hmm. like, eh, that's cool. We'll just say how much we like Five Iron and then move on. So, And, Brandy, you're the one who suggested Fishbone. Which mm-hmm. was kind of a no-brainer. Like I definitely should have included them in the first place, but they are here. They are very different from all these other bands too. They're yeah. a lot older. They've been around longer. Uh, formed in '79, which I didn't realize they started that far back.
1: Damn! Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're basically and, a second wave band. I mean, yeah, in a way. But yeah, that um, their first big record was what '86. So it was kind of after two tone kind of had already died down and moved on. So, I don't know, they're interesting. They use a lot of like funk in their music as well and like metal, like they're straight up just metal mm-hmm. in some of these songs. Like they are yeah. just experimental as hell. So, yeah. they're probably they're probably the band that one of the bands that kept ska alive between two tone and the third wave really popping off and probably influenced a majority of these these third wave ska bands. They're iconic. I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. And they also like—I mean—they are the opposite of the Mad Caddies in terms of the showmanship that I'm talking about. I mean, these guys—you know—they're flipping instruments on stage. Angelo Moore, the lead singer, is a—he uh, like is a mountaineer. So I've like literally seen them where he's climbed to like the very top, hanging from the rafters, like singing and playing a saxophone, <laughs> and just like being a true madman. And you're like, what am I? I'm, it's like a circus from hell. Like that's what they look like on stage. It's, it's so. So so fun. Um, anybody that is like brings them on as like a feature band like has to work really hard to try to match their energy. And the fact that these guys are like as old as they are too is just like so impressive that they've been doing it for so long.
0: Yeah, I would definitely want them to go last. Even if I was technically the headliner, <laughs> I would want to follow <laughs> them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, also they they had a crazy um, lawsuit a couple like uh, I forget exactly when, but a few years ago, which is why they tour as much as they do too, where. They were playing in, uh, I forget example. I think it's like Maine or like uh, one of those states. And a woman got kicked in the head by a crowd surfer. And because of the way the venue's insurance worked, they got sued. So they have to, like, they are like paying back this crazy lawsuit to this woman. So they're like in, the band is like deeply in the hole because of this. So they're just like touring constantly trying to like pay off this weird lawsuit. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, it's it's. I'm trying to find it real quick. It's like a very strange, weird loophole that like they got. Yeah, uh, Fishbone owned 1.4 million for stage diving on fan. Oh, maybe it was Angelo. Oh, one of them did. Uh, it. Uh, and I think the woman like thought it was like a jazz show or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she broke her skull and collarbone. Oh no. shit! Angelo stage dived in Philly and landed on top of her. So nice. yeah, so they've been paying. Paint pain, pain that off slowly. But, um, I mean, that's also what you want out of a singer, you know? <laughs> I don't know. If you, can't hand, if you can't handle being in the front, you should know that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Mm. It sounds more unfortunate than anything. Like, I don't yeah. imagine it was anything on purpose, like besides the stage oh. dive itself. But yeah. no one is expecting to get their head, you know, their skull broken open <laughs> with oh. somebody's stage diving. So she must have yeah. just been caught off guard and, like, whoop, got crushed That's i wonder awful, if it happened but... really early in the set like maybe this was the first stage dive because mm. mm-hmm. i would imagine if you would see if you saw them stage diving you would be like uh, all right this is a little too hot i'm gonna back up
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah oh it's from 2010 so this is you know almost a decade they've been trying to wow. take this thing off yeah wow.
0: done any fishbone thoughts So I had to skip a bunch of Mad Caddy songs because they were all different, but I love how different every Fishbone song is. Um, (laughs) It's funny how that works out. I love that these two are up against each other. Um, They're they're wild. Like, they're just so many songs, you'll be like, this is six minutes long. And you're like, two minutes of just intro before, like, it really starts into a song. And, like, you're just sitting there waiting to see what they're going to do next, Mm -hmm. because it could be metal, it could be funk, it could be oingo boingo sounding <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. whatever.
0: I mean they're they're just a wild band that I have not spent much time with and I should definitely do that because every time I heard them I'm just like this is this is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're a blast. I mean that Party at Ground Zero song is my go to I'm in a bad mood and I need to get myself turned up. <laughs> That's I always pop that on.
0: <laughs> that song is long too. Like, yeah. And it and at the end of the song is just them, just like wailing, just like going nonstop, just like <laughs> they're they're intense yeah. man. I, oh, yeah. I have never seen them live, and I would love to see them live. I bet I bet even now they're still amazing. So.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, they and and like they all like they they all have like their own style. Like Angelo is always dressed like a um, like a little like uh, what, um, uh, guy that runs a circus. What the hell is that word? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, a circus. I ringmaster. can see it. Yeah, there you go. Ringmaster. yeah. Yeah. He's like always dressed like a little ringmaster. Just like doing <laughs> his thing. He's, 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 they're, I, they're so cool. <laughs> I love this film.
0: They have a ton of like film and TV appearances too. Um, And I didn't know this, but I just read this and it's crazy, but they, I've never noticed it, but John Cusack is wearing a fishbone shirt and say anything in the boombox scene. Um, and it was originally supposed to feature a Fishbone song, but they changed it <laughs> to Peter Gabriel. That scene is so different if you use yeah. a Fishbone song. <laughs> I don't know different. the Fishbone song. It's it was turned yeah. the other way, so maybe it's a ballad. I would I would think so. <laughs> he's not. It's just like a party at Ground Zero, holding above his head. <laughs> it's a very different tone if he's. If he's holding a boom box up in the air and playing funk metal at her bedroom. <laughs> no.
1: Oh yeah. Um, i cannot wait to listen to that after this band. film don't know that song. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: They're in another John Cusack movie called tape heads. I don't yep. know if either of you've seen that movie. Mm-mm. It's, it's weird. It's kind of trippy. It, you know, like some of the weirder, like claymation parts of like better off dead and like the trippier mm-hmm. aspects of that movie. That's what Tapeheads kind of feels like. It's one of those mm-hmm. movies. Because they're, like, filming music videos. Like, that's their thing. And, like, Fishbone's one of the bands they film. And there's, like, a huge, like, song that they play. And it's, like, it's a weird movie, but it's kind of fun to watch. I wouldn't say it's, like, a great movie, but it's interesting. But, uh, let's vote. Uh, We got Fishbone versus Mad Caddies. I'm voting Fishbone. 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 (laughs) Unanimous again. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) This is going to be an interesting, uh... When we get to our final four.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Our next head to head we have the Voodoo Glow Skulls going up against Mustard Plug. Dylan, yeah, start us with some glow skull facts. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I think voodoo glow skulls are probably, they're one of the go-to when you want to make fun of ska. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of like, they, I want to say they borrowed a lot of the vibe, not necessarily the sound of like the swing revival. Mm -hmm. So they had kind of just like this uh, cool guy, but I don't know. But also like rap (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) So they're just very abrasive to me in a way that I don't think works for Ska. Mm -hmm. I, I got a more punk vibe. Like they're more like a skate punk band that just happened to have some horns. Yeah. Like a lot of songs. Um, they're fast. They're pretty fast paced for a majority of their songs. But yeah, their vocalist does not have what you would normally hear in a ska band. Even the horns sound weird on their records. I don't know. If it's just like whatever particular style of like horn they are using versus like the production. Ooh. It's just they they sound odd compared to the bands from the same time period. They yeah, they have they have a really brappy kind mm-hmm. of horn sound. It's really short and staccato, and the way they're mic'd, their horns are mic'd, seems like on every song, they're just all high-end, and you don't get a very nice, mellow horn sound from them, which I enjoy a lot from a lot of the other bands on this list.
1: Yeah, that tends to be my favorite kind of horn, too. This always, I, whenever I would go to, like, the Skies Dead tours, but the Close Calls was always, like, the band that I was like, all right, I'm gonna go get a drink, (laughs) just chill in the back during. Cause it also just it's so I, I I had a hard time dancing or skanking to them because they're just like it always felt like why are we like barreling towards the end of a song? Can we just like enjoy the song? <laughs> <laughs> like this doesn't need to like fast does not necessarily win in this in this world. Um, I remember like I knowing that they were in a lineup before I ever heard them and being like oh their name is really cool and then um, just being like oh okay well okay
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's in. <laughs> They it's do f- have and they've got kind of like the Tiki stuff, which I mean, Rocket from the Crypt did that, too. And I love them. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, they're uh, it's unfortunate because they're like a Latinx band too. like a, there's like three brothers and like there aren't a ton. Mm-hmm. Like there are like Hispanic people in bands from this time period, but like a good chunk of the band is Latinx. So it's like mm-hmm. that's a unique aspect of. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a bummer because like well in fourth wave it's kind of happening now it's cool because there's a lot of Latinx uh ska bands coming out of L- the L A area you've got yeah. like South Central Skankers and like the Arneas Thirteen um, they're both I mean I I love the Arneas Thirteen a lot they're really they're really great um, but yeah I and these you know they probably owe something to the Voodoo Skulls as well so you know much respect to them for you know being a minority in a very white <laughs> at that time. <laughs> Genre, you know, not, not Scott, not historically, but, you know, the, the band that was yeah. pushed in the 90s. <laughs> right. um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I want to like them more than I do every single time I listen to them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was reading, a, 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 I guess it was on their Wikipedia where they said that they were influenced to add horns to their band because they formed in 88 and then mm, they yeah. added horns in 91 because they loved Fishbone and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then I was like, "When did Red Hot Chili Peppers have horns?" <laughs> I can't think of like there must be know? some songs that had horns. Early, yeah, like before anything broke off in the mainstream because I know they were around. They were like a hardcore band like way back in the eighties. I don't know. See.
1: Red Red Hot Chili Pepper read it. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> I love their songs that have horns and the instrumentation. To go through the catalog and pick out each of the songs that has them before I embark on that, I just wanted to see if anyone has any similar lists. Uh oh, there's like, um, okay, so uh, get up and jump, oh, uh, why don't you love me, mom, mommy, where's daddy, freaky, Hollywood, Africa, American Ghost Dance, If You Want Me to Stay, Never Mind, and Yurtle all have horns in them, and I bet you, uh, the, the roller coaster of love cover has horns too. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it feels like it would. That's yep. my favorite my favorite chili pepper song i'm not a huge fan of them in general
0: yeah yeah i guess it's just yeah. not the hits so yeah
1: yeah it's probably like, like weird uh they're older older more funky stuff before they got like yeah. rocky too
0: um yeah let's talk about mustard plug then we <laughs> we kind of have a running joke about mustard plug uh yeah. so we were at first fest with our our friend our friend Corey, and uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times too and mm-hmm. at one point we were talking about like our schedules and we were like oh i got mustard plug on my schedule he's like huh well i've never really listened to them are they any good and my answer was you know i, I like that song mr smiley and then mm-hmm. a little bit later he asked dylan the exact same question and you said uh i like that mr smiley song like we both gave the exact <laughs> same answer <laughs> for <laughs> mustard plug <laughs>
2: um
0: i was going to say I have had the song Mr. Smiley by Mustard Plug stuck in my head for like 15 years. It'll just pop up and I'm whistling that little, the, the melody of that song. And it's just, I'm yeah. not tired of it. I'm not complaining. I still think it's a great song. Um, yeah. No, they're, 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 they're all fine. I know about. them. Is <laughs> 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 it's, it's taken, it's erased every other song that I've heard. It's just, it's like the, uh, what's the King of the Hill, uh, Chuck Mangioni, every time he starts playing one song, he then starts playing, it sh- shifts into whatever his big hit song was. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: they, they, they're they, always a band that I'm like, they're important. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but they're important. They're <laughs> 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 they have some really good stuff. Evildoers Beware is a great record. Um, Pray for Mojo and Big Daddy Multitude have good songs. The mm-hmm. song You. Is like an amazing song. Like it's incredibly catchy. They did that thing though <laughs> that we've also joked about that they broke up and then they reformed with a grim and gritty, like serious attitude with that black and white record they did. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, yeah, we're serious band. Here's our horns, <laughs> mustard plug, mournful trombone, yeah, <laughs> minor key ska songs. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly exactly i mean i think they're a very um uh working class ska band to me because they just never really like it through to that next level but they are kind of that like second second tier band that you are always like mustard plug yeah i'll go to, they're great as a supporting act fucking great <laughs> i'll, I'll buck me ten dollars to see them sure <laughs> if i don't know that right um yeah, yeah their they're, their songs are fun i mean they um I have good memories of seeing Mustard Plug live. I mean they're from Michigan. Hell, if you are a good horn player in a cold ass place like Michigan, mm-hmm. props to you <laughs> in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was
0: looking at like all the bands that we have on the bracket and over half of them are from California. Like they're just straight up specifically Southern yeah. California.
1: Well, we're talking third wave, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I always like seeing the other ones and the other ones have usually have their own vibe, too. So like less yeah. less than Jake, you know, they have the little more punk stuff, you know, um, you know, muster plug. Yeah, they do have a Midwestern t- quality to them. I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. pinpoint it specifically, but yeah, they, they're definitely not a Southern California band. And then you know, of yes. course, Boston's being from Boston, so, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, I come <laughs> to
1: the hardcore scene. I mean, Dickie, you know, we'll we'll get to Dickie Barrett. Um Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh but let's vote. Uh we have um Glow Souls versus Mustard Plug. It's, it's funny. These all seem like pretty obvious once we get in there. Uh I'm going with Mustard Plug.
1: Yeah, same, Mustard
0: Plug. Um I'm going with Mustard Plug, but uh I did find that Adam Levine uh would be voting against them. Because apparently he hates mustard plug. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the story is. But uh, uh, on some article though, why Maroon 5's Adam Levine hates mustard plug.
1: Well, he's. Pr- I think he's I think he's an asshole, so I think that is a vote <laughs> in favor of
0: mustard plug. <laughs> yeah. Makes me I like mean, mustard he plug probably a little more. wouldn't like Voodoo Glow Skulls either. So.
1: No, probably not. He the um, <laughs> this original band was a Southern California band Karis Flowers. Um, they played with a lot of a lot of shows that like Real Big Fish and all them used to play at, and then uh, Maroon Five popped off. And he, uh, you know, that's all. I wonder, she wrote.
0: She I wonder if he has some real beef with them. Then, yeah, like, they played sure a might. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there probably is like a yeah. <laughs> real story there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just don't like Third Wave ska from the Midwest.
1: <laughs> Take it easy, Adam Levine. You fucking won, dude. Okay, just, just <laughs> shut up. Just go be you <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright our next head to head We have Skankin Pickle going up against The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones Now what did you miss the boss? I don't know Or oh, were you up late last night? I guess so And were you watching TV? Uh huh What kind of TV? Magnum Vox. Uh-huh. Well that's no excuse for what? For missing the bus I miss the bus again I miss the bus I miss the bus again my to where you go? where go? go? I wanna know um, so since we mentioned them, we'll talk about the Mighty Mighty Boss Stone. So uh mm-hmm. Randy, start us off with uh, some Dicky Barrett thoughts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean dicky barrett, barrett is a perfect man um i love i love i love dicky barrett very deeply he's just like a good very humble dude the boston's um uh you know i mean they're they're one of the top three they're they're scott dynasty uh forever and ever um come from boston they started out as like a you know dicky comes from like hardcore which is why his voice is so distinct and kind of has that amazing growl that like if you try to sing boston songs you're gonna hurt your throat <laughs> i love they, they have showmanship they got a big big old quality for that for me they're always wearing their like checkered suits you know that's an iconic look they have ben carr they have a dancing guy um that that, that is like the guy that everyone's like oh the dancing guy in scott i'm like yeah the boston's have that guy he's the best he has the best job in the entire world and the only reason that he's a part of the band is because he was friends with all of them, and he used to go to shows where like the clubs were twenty one and older, and he was like nineteen. And they were like, yeah, he's with the band, and then he would dance on stage even though he couldn't play an instrument. But they wanted their friend to come with them. So like, they're a band that is like the best job in the world is founded on friendship that is pure and has been together for forever. And I I love them. I've been to several like you know their their hometown throwdowns in Boston. They do every year where they just do these shows where they invite their friends and just do. um you know they do like they 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 do like crazy sets behind them for christmas and just do like uh just a fun show just to be like hey boston we haven't forgot we're from you and we like rep you all the time and i i have i, I have a great Dickie barrett story too of like when my first work tour i ever went to boston's were on it green day was on it and my friend beth uh massive green day fan and she went in the pit for green day got destroyed, uh, Oh, she really got fucked up. I lost her, didn't find her for a couple hours. And then she apparently, when I finally found her again, she was on the side stage, the Boston stage. And when I finally got to her, what happened is like she was crying after she got destroyed in the Green Day pit. Dickie Barrett was walking to his tent. He saw her and was like, are you okay? What's happening? And she told him and he was like, well, we're not Green Day, but like come to our tent, sit here, I'll give you some water, gave her some snacks. And he said he like he was like, I know, I'm not your we're not your favorite band, but I'll give you like one of each of our merch things so you don't feel like you left empty handed from from Warped tour. So he just like gave her a bunch of Boston stuff and then he like put her on the side of the stage for their whole set and like just didn't need to do any of that. And just like
2: wow.
1: a delightful human being. So Dickie Barrett, like I Dickie Barrett twenty twenty, I'd vote for him for president.
2: <laughs>
0: a good, a good,
1: good ass man. <laughs>
0: That's wild. Yeah, he totally didn't have to do any of that. He could just be been like, I'm just gonna keep walking, keep walking, don't say anything, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And most people would, yeah. But, you know, doesn't doesn't he's just a kind guy. A lot of their songs are very um politically based, uh about you know, they're very like racially aware of a lot. Like they're just very uh they're just like good dudes. <laughs> you know, just the old fam.
0: And they were part of that wave that kept it alive with Fishbone. They started yeah. in the eighties, they' came up through hardcore, started doing their own thing. I didn't realize a lot of their songs are very timeless. Like I've yeah. heard songs from them that I was like, these had to have been around the same time as like knock on wood or the records after, you know, like, no, those were the ones from like 92, 93. It's like, these did yeah. not date like most other nineties. Even the production values don't sound old 90, like that weird nineties production yeah. is very odd. Like, you can hear a 90s like 91 album and be like what is that?
1: <laughs> yeah it's like very teeny in a weird way and like yeah. yeah you don't realize they're one of those bands you don't realize how many hits they have until you're like just listening to Bostons Unshuffled and, and you're like
0: that's a Boston song Jesus yeah. <laughs> there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of really good songs
2: here <laughs> I, I think
0: the Bostons are they'd have to be the only band on this list with a 20th century masters. Uh, Mm -hmm. collection so they've got some hits lots of soundtrack appearances um Mm -hmm. which we've mentioned many times in the past
1: (laughs) yeah clueless i mean iconic
0: yeah big radio hit obviously Mm -hmm. everyone knows it um i'm not tired of it i think it's a great song. no (laughs) i
1: mean like that that whole album is a jam front to back and i mean it is like it's the most overplayed one but it's like i could i could listen to that
0: once a week and still love it as much as I did the first time I heard it. They just it the whole way through. They probably have the highest number of like just like well-known songs. Yeah, you're right. The 20th Century Masters thing. They're probably the only one. Maybe one of the others. Their label paid for them to have one. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they're iconic. You know, they broke ska '97 mainstream. You know, there were some other songs that were on the radio, but they were like much minor hits. And mm-hmm. the impression that I get is was it introduced a whole section of the population in it, to ska music that they were not super aware of. Yeah. Unfortunately, that wave lasted not very long and <laughs> mm-hmm. the new metal took over again but it, it <laughs> they so they kind of get I bet if you talk to someone mm-hmm. who knew nothing about ska and you mentioned the mighty mighty boss tones they would be like a joke to them. They would be like a, yeah, yeah. that man <laughs> okay like Smash Mouth or something like that. Yeah. And not knowing, I, it's like, there's, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's so
1: much. Yeah, I mean, whenever, I mean, that's that's a, a larger point, but it's like, whenever people are shitty about uh, Ska in general, and just like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, these are all, like, very impressive uh, musicians <laughs> who make music that is good for all ages. And it's like, actually, um, I would argue, uh, probably, like, a the most accessible way into punk is through ska for younger kids especially women you know i mean these are shows that i felt like very safe at going to and like i would go see ska and punk bands together and like know that like i was safe in like the ska shows and then i found a lot of punk bands that i liked just through through those pairings and stuff like
0: that i don't know people that give ska a hard time for them so (laughs) (laughs) we were talking about (laughs) <laughs> Who were we talking with? Was this was, was that with Zia or was that with the checkered cast? Uh, but we were talking about how, I think it was with the checkered cast, we were saying how a lot of ska bands, I can't think of too many ska bands that uh, have been canceled, you know, like or like their bands Ooh. were like legacy was destroyed because they, oh, they had an abuser in the band, you know, like I'm sure some have existed or, you know, it, it has to sheer number. I'm sure it's, it's happened, but the scene as a whole has felt way more wholesome mm-hmm than a lot of yeah. other scenes like emo yeah. no way fuck you <laughs> that scene's <laughs> full of too. monsters <laughs> yeah
1: well it's like if you're ever on like a like scout bands they're, they're most of them are married uh and they're just like playing video games in their are bus. it's like i I'm, I'm friends with some of the guys in real big fish and i like i've literally like been hanging out with them and then like a girl will come up like all drunk to like their uh like stage manager and just like what do they have to do to meet the band? And they'll be like, just go say hi. I don't know. They're <laughs> um they're they're talking to their girlfriends, but when they're done that, they'll talk to you. It's just, it's just like they're just like nice it's just like nice people and there's nothing wrong with just like nice people.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of nice people, let's talk about skink and pickle because uh this yeah. one's sort of a representative sele- selection. Uh Skank and Pickle is most known for featuring Mike Park, who is considered one of the nicest, like, coolest people in punk and ska in yeah. the late 20th century. You know, like, his importance is with Asian Man Records is so unmeasurable. Like, he's helped start so many, like, he helped get so many bands out there. And he was part of the the, the third wave ska boom. I mean, even slightly before, cause Skank and Pickle mm-hmm. broke up in ninety seven. So like they didn't even get to fully reap the rewards of uh, of yeah. the Ska explosion. I mean, he would go on to do other bands like Bruce Lee band, the Chinkies, and he has he has a lot of other bands he's done. So yeah. this was the, one of the hardest like head to heads to me for me, because I very yeah. much would just be happy with putting both of these bands in the final four. Um but I felt like we should make it a little difficult. It was kind of random at first, and then like I do some shuffling, so it's not like oh, we're not making everybody's favorites go head-to-head in the first round. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, Skank and Pickle are... They're eclectic as well in the way the right. Fishbone is. They do a lot of... They have the record called Skafunk Rasta Punk, which is like an example of what they play. Yeah, they kind of yeah. did everything. Poppy stuff, heavy stuff. Yeah. Just hard to enjoy stuff too i mean they have a they have a habit of earlier the earlier material of going like too far as far as just like that's not fun to listen to but uh yeah i mean it introduced the world to mike park he was not the only singer in the band there were like three singers in that band but yeah do you uh brandy do you have any opinions on skanking pickle
1: i mean because they 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 broke up as early as they did it's like um you know, part of my calculus for all of this is including like the longevity of the bands as well. And it's like, you know, my park went on to do so much other stuff. So if we're just judging based just specifically on Skanking Pickle, it's like their stuff is really fun. Um, it's not I don't put it on very much, but I do like when it comes on in like a Scout ska, ska playlist or a ska radio or something like that. It isn't usually my first go-to, but you know, I mean, like you said, like you can't really discount what my, what my park has done for for the scene in a million different ways. I mean, that dude is like. You know, an icon in his own right in a lot of in a lot of different ways. You know, yeah, they're fun. I never got to see them live. I, I'd be very curious to know what they were like, what those shows were like. Um, you know, I was a little little baby seventh grader in nineteen ninety seven though, so well, I hadn't even <laughs> got my first live show yet.
0: But yeah, and uh, Lynette passed away in the what two thousands. Yeah, and I don't know that they had the best relationship too after they broke up. Mm-hmm. Though they've done some stuff here and there, like yeah. Mike Park would wind up like taking the Bruce Lee band to like Korea and then just like performing Skank and Pickle songs there. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he would take like all his other friends too. So, I don't know. Interesting, um, Dylan. What do you think of Skank and Pickle? Um, I don't have too many thoughts uh, other than what's been said. I would I would echo mostly of what you said. Um, they're not my favorite Mike Park band. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely not my favorite third wave ska band, but a really important one. They're Yeah, like you said, though, they went a little too far out there on (laughs) some songs. Their records just don't have the the flow of a lot of other ska records from this time period. I think that's probably one of the biggest knocks against them. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not as easy to enjoy from beginning to end, but great on when you put, when you have, you know, their great songs come up on shuffle or, you know, on a playlist. So I think we could probably vote. Yeah. I think I know where it's going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Boston's for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same. I'm going Boston's yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Have these all been unanimous? Yeah. So far, yeah.
1: <laughs> I will say with Skanking Pickle, their name is the best ska band punchline. So I appreciate that from them. Like, <laughs> that is like a, a lot of got a lot of K's in it. It's really, it's a really good just comedic name. <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> so our next head to head, we have the Aquabats going up against Real Big Fish. Monday, hot dog, Tuesday taco Wednesday, hamburgers, a chop of milk, Thursday, sloppy Joe, the breeders in the back. I was Pizza Day, the best day of the week, we always give with salad and a side of cold green beans. Hooray for Pizza Day, hooray for Pizza Day, I miss Pizza Day, the best day of the week. you to hear tell me it's cool i just don't believe it sell out with me oh yeah sell out with me tonight the record companies only give me lots of money and everything's gonna be all right this is another big one (laughs)
2: yes
0: (laughs) um yeah we we talked it's so funny. We did that Goldfinger record with Zia last week and then still spent probably half the episode talking about Aquabats. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Aquabats. We've seen them live. They are they have iconic records. You know, Fury of the yeah. Aquabats is amazing. Charge I think is an underrated classic. Um yeah. even like Floating Eye return like they just have there's plenty of songs on all of those records that are just well worth listening to they they yeah. evolved into a very strange kids band um they have a new <laughs> record coming out and it's everything i've heard of it very much sounds like the songs that were on their tv show so mm-hmm. i don't know how that record is gonna sound when once it's here but i'll give it a shot i'll, I'll give it anything they do a shot so yeah for sure aquabats are amazing
1: yeah, I mean, they're last live, they're super funny. I mean, Bat Commander, they all have alter egos, which, you know, I'm a
0: massive fan of. I love
1: being called homies by them. The Bat Commander, <laughs> the lead, sing- lead singer, the Bat Commander still can do a backflip uh, to fight off the villains trying to encroach in our fun. And I mean, that man is too old to be doing that in place, but he's still doing it. <laughs> I don't know how, I'm very proud of him. I love that they still wear the uniforms, even though they're constantly complaining about how fat they are in them now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, I really respect uh, still still putting in all the work for that. I mean, yeah, their stuff is, like, it's just, the it's just, songs are just rays of sunshine. They're so funny. They're the funniest ska band, I think. Like, they genuinely make, which, you know, is saying a lot because some of these other bands, like, are genuinely very funny. I, I credit ska a lot with being, like, my first comedic influence because, like, the bits and shit that happened at live shows, like, I mean, you know, there wasn't, like, all ages comedy venues or anything when i was a kid so going to these shows and like laughing with a group of people was like my first you know uh first first version of that drug but you know these bands are you know aquabats are they're so funny and i do i do love that like they've gone in a very kid-friendly friendly direction but i also think that's a really great place for them because like now the last time i saw them because of yo gabba gabba and because of the aquabats super show like they um they have, like, they, they like to give kids, like, the, their first crowd surf at their shows. They have these, like, inflatables. They'll put kids on and then kids just, like, five-year-olds just, like, want to see of people crowd surfing <laughs> them around. And it's just like, man. Like, sometimes, you know, like, sometimes when you go to a concert and you see somebody with, like, a kid that you're like, I don't think that kid wants to be here. Take that kid <laughs> on. I've never seen that at an Aquabat show. Those kids, those kids always seem like they really are excited about being there, and it's a very cool like first first intro to Scott and punk without forcing something on kids that I think it's like they don't understand yet because they're just their brains aren't real yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you remember the Aquabats getting in trouble for the the kids crowd surfing thing? No, did they? They didn't really. But people, someone was trying to get them in trouble. There was, there were, there were like a string of articles. I want to say maybe there was like a TMZ article. That was probably the big one where they were like, oh, they're throwing children into the audience. like, <laughs> And it was like, they showed the, like, they linked to the footage of it. And like, if you watch the footage of it, they're like very clearly telling the audience, like, we're going to. We're going to let him yeah. crowd surf. Everybody be really careful. <laughs> you know, like yeah, It was the safest crowd surfing you've ever seen. I mean, oh, it, it was super dumb. Someone just didn't get it. And they were like, hey, this will get clicks. Um, yeah. obviously. But talking yeah. about showmanship, the Aquabats. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like Devo. <laughs> Shtick. Yeah, <Like> <laughs> for sure.
2: Um,
0: I mean, obviously, that's a big influence. Um, even musically, mm-hmm. you can hear that influence a lot, especially later into their their career. But I love the Aquabats. I love that there are there's so many deep cuts that are stuck in my brain that are just like
2: mm-hmm.
0: references that I'll make like lobsters in a bucket and like
2: mm-hmm.
0: man with the gluey hands or <laughs> Um, The cat with
2: two heads. cat with two heads.
0: We have two cats, and all the time I'm like, you can pet one kitty's head, and then you can pet the other kitty's head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love the Aquabats. They're just, they're so fun. Um, Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed everything I've heard, even through their newer, more, you know, kid-friendly stuff.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that they managed to be kid-friendly without being pandering, too. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just genuinely who they are. It's like, they still... And then it's they're like the um, Pixar movie of the Pixar movies of Scott, where it's like there's something in it for every age. I think um, they're just a blast.
0: <laughs> they, they they seem to have always had that like outlook too. I feel like the the intent mm-hmm. of the Aquabats was always to get a TV show. Like even from the very first record, they were like we're we'd be perfect, you know, because there's the early pilot that is more like yeah. a like a batman and robin you know 60s batman tv show vibe to it like silly yeah. kind of actiony show and then it, that evolved into like just a more kid specific but yeah yeah pixar is definitely like a, a good comparison for them um now let's talk about real big fish so you said that you are a friends with the band so
1: yeah i mean this, this bracket <laughs> is so difficult because these like our two are my favorite bands and i'm like uh, I mean, I've, I've been seeing Rubbing Fish since they were my very first live show, uh, ever. You know, in 1998. So I've been seeing them for oh my God, that's such a long time—22 <laughs> years. <sighs> um, <laughs> and just kind of like clicked. Like they're just they're they're comedy nerds. I mean, like I've I mean I, they're yeah. Like there was a period in time, and like the the early aughts, where like I'd burn comedy albums um for them, and like they would. You know, Bernie new ska bands, we would just like trade every time they came through town and shit like that. Like they just, they're, they're just like funny, good dudes. I mean, Aaron Barrett is like an iconic frontman. I mean, there's we if, if you know anything about sky you know what you know who Aaron is. You know what he looks like. I mean, he's just a a weird little funny dude that's like an, an insane guitar player and like you know credits um. Steve Martin and the specials in the same breath is like two of his biggest influences. I mean, they just, you know, they're they're so funny. Their horns are great. They're, I think, like the teenage version of the Aquabats in a lot of ways. They're like the next level as you're like aging and like growing up in the scene, like they're kind of like the next level where you're like, the first time you get your heart broken, you're, you're, you're like, oh, now I like Real Big Fish more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me, Real Big Fish are part of that trio of mm-hmm you say ska these are the three bands unless you're yeah like going like old school with like you know specials or something like that um yeah 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 real big fish mm-hmm. Boston, less than jake like the kind of the mm-hmm. the classic bands you think of with ska i i kind of fall in that same world with real big fish that i do with less than jake like i mm-hmm. i never like clicked with them on mm-hmm. a personal level um yeah. I heard I mean I've definitely heard songs and enjoyed their music but it they weren't like a band I owned any of their albums from or listened to them like you know through their discography during the internet yeah. stuff um so but I can't discount how important they are um you know they had the radio hit with sell out uh mm-hmm. that pre did that predate impression that I get as far as yeah. uh radio play let's see sell out really fish i'll I'll find this before we're talking yeah because Goldfinger had here in my bedroom,
2: mm-hmm. and that
0: was I think that was even before Impression that I get. But these would be like minor like um, alternative radio hits. They wouldn't be like mainstream songs. So they you, they at least paved the way for like the it's a year before. Yeah, like yeah.
1: their sell sellouts '96 impression yeah. that I get gets released in '97. Yeah, I mean they were the first big the first big ska hit was that uh the Impression that I get or the um uh, sellout.
0: So they're part of that they paved the way. 96 was like the primer for 97's mm-hmm. explosion cuz yeah as far as like punk stuff it was definitely it was definitely going on in the punk scene for mm-hmm. a couple years at this point. Yeah, So yeah. their their importance cannot be understated. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a unique sounding brass section as well and mm-hmm. I'd compare it slightly to the Voodoo Glow Skulls but in a way that it works yeah with, with them it's it's just yeah real like but with like real big fish, <laughs> it they like actually has some a unique vibe to it so it's just their preferred production value um mm-hmm. so and i know some of them even played horns on that goldfinger record we talked about too so like yeah. they were as far as the horn sections go they may be one of the stronger ones from this era Boston's may be the strongest just because they yeah. have so many they have way more horns than a lot yeah. of the others um yeah like two saxophones. Yeah. 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 But then like compared to like less than Jake, it's like what, two horns, maybe? Three. Um so Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's the there's the there's the joke uh where they uh, on the internet that it's a meme that's uh the picture of the Drew Carey show and then it says, uh, you know, name you're not a nineties kid if you can't name the ska band. And oh, yeah. in my head I'm like, That's what Robin Fish looks like. Like
2: <laughs> Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> well
0: I I, I I I get that joke, but I also made the the joke of the uh, look at this the uh, this Creation Records band <laughs> uh, with a <laughs> screenshot of the Drew Carey show because earlier on at least yeah <laughs> later Drew Carey they were probably more in the uh, I can see Diedrich Bader in like bowling shirts <laughs> yeah. yeah um real big fish I uh, I mean it's the Hensley brain. Justin and I are on the same wavelength, yeah. I think. They're just not yeah, as yeah. important to me. Sellout's a great song, though. It's yeah. a really, really great song. They're, again, yeah. another band I need to spend more time with to, to, to say, have I been too harsh? Uh, have I cut them off unfairly? I think I'd probably get more out of Less Than Jake if we're going out of the the big bands mm-hmm. that are missing from my discography, um, revisiting them for this episode. I lean more towards them than Real Big Fish.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Totally, totally fair. Absolutely fair. I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely, I think, of the big three. They're the most eclectic taste. Um, as far as, like, you know, where the influences and stuff come from. But, uh, I mean, Why Do They Rock So Hard is just, like, one of my favorite albums of all time. I, they also, I think, are the um, the king of the uh, hidden track on a CD back in the day. of Just, like, some weird... Bit just like five minutes after five minutes of silence. Um, I just always like they, they are the most in line with like my sense of humor, I think, of all of the bands. So that's like why they they tend to have the most special place in my heart for that reason.
0: So we should vote. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be one of the hardest to this vote is a on. very
1: difficult bracket.
0: <laughs> um, I, I would... will go first. Um, I'm going Aquabats um, for all the reasons that I've said. They're just yeah. really fun. They click with me, and real big fish don't really. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think, Brandy?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go real big fish just because I think that way. This one will not be a, uh, unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I just I also like I they I don't know I I, I know them. I should go with them.
0: <laughs> right they hear
1: this thing out of me.
0: <laughs> So I'm the tiebreaker, and I've been the tiebreaker a few times before. Mm-hmm. So um, now I have to think about. My personal connection is the Aquabats. They're the ones that I know the most.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whose impact on Sky is more important, though? It's probably a real big fish. So it's history versus preference. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go with the Aquabats anyway. Um, that's just... <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's just who I love the most. So, yeah. Don't tell yeah. them to listen to this episode. So. <laughs> oh,
1: I won't. I won't. I'm not, I'm not sending this podcast to anybody. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was honestly, it's good because that way it's not like a really fish, really fish versus Boston's because that's like so boring, you know. It's like that, you've <laughs> had that it. argument so many times,
2: so
0: <laughs> yeah, nobody really has the Aquabats versus the Boston's argument, so <laughs> very different. Uh, okay, our next head to head we have MU 330 going up against the suicide machines. Turn it on, Uh, head to head here, I it was a, like I threw it in like a almost a random generator to get this specific brackets, um, mm-hmm. and I maybe only moved like one or two things around. And when this one hit, I was like, you know, I didn't think about it, but that's kind of perfect. They're the two most aggressive of the two. How I, I don't really call Mu Three Thirty an aggressive band, but they're definitely more chaotic. Mm- yeah, Mu Three Thirty. I mean, they called themselves Psycho ska yeah, <laughs> um, it's not really like a psychobilly influence, but it has the same. I feel like it has the same level of in-your-face energy. Yeah. Which when we we're talking about ska, I'll talk about in-your-face, Mu three thirty take that to another level. Absolutely. It's Especially just, when you hit like Crab Rangoon and everything after that. Like the first two records kind of do the like the slower elements, like with Press and Jumps on Parade. Like they have some slower stuff on those records because they had that other singer in the band and he brought a different vibe to it but when it's just dan as the lead singer in that band it's just like nonstop, like end to end just like yeah full blast <laughs> like guitars and horns in your face
1: <laughs> which is so interesting because like I, I i'm i actually tend to be more of a, a, a fan of his his side project like dan p and the bricks like that tends to be more like in line with like my my favorite kind of stuff, but like um there could not be more different <laughs> which is kind of fun he's like just a more much more chill with his uh, his other band so it's cool to very cool to see that <laughs> i always love it with like a side project doesn't sound exactly like the same he just wanted to work with somebody different
0: <laughs> yeah his uh he did the stitch up which was like no horns at all um there's a lot of upstroke upstroking in that band and then like his acoustic stuff has a lot of upstrokes and his solo records mm-hmm. then you wouldn't call them really sky records though um M330 were they weren't like a super upstroke band either. Like they were definitely just more like full power chords, you know, typical punk rock stuff. Um, Much more than the punk direction, yeah. They were a Midwest band. They're from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Mm -hmm. uh, which is funny because Suicide Machines are also uh, from the Midwest. They were from uh, Detroit, Uh, so interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suicide Machines are more like a punk band, like. Yeah, with, with some horns. Like they, they have songs where they upstroke, but they're just like way more aggressive. Um, borderline yeah. a hardcore band, even like I, I listened to the first record uh, this week to get ready for this episode, and I was like, "This thing's good. This holds up like a lot better than I ever expected to." Especially since they were they were on Hollywood Records, which was Disney's <laughs> record label. So it's like. That's so weird. Why is this agro punk band? <laughs> uh, how? Is that even huh? Real, Really political band. Yeah, they too. were super political. <laughs> they're they're still around, right? I think they still play. mu Three Thirty is not the band's around doing stuff still. Mm-hmm. Um, do they still maintain the ska stuff later in their catalog? Is it like? Or they were just more hardcore, like punk stuff. I don't know. I, I didn't dive into like new stuff by the, these bands. I just kind of stuck with the '90s. But yeah, I think Suicide Machines yeah, were probably I mean, I used, going I, forward I, were more punk. Yeah, I do. I don't really.
1: I know that they have like a lot of ska influence, but I consider them more like a, a punk band that has ska songs. Kind of more like no effects in that department than um, a ska band that punk influence. Personally. It is.
0: It, it is interesting though that it, Suicide Machines. They're in that same lane as far as having, like, mostly being a punk band, but with ska songs. But they yeah. have maintained a dedicated ska following. Like, they're still, yeah, generally claimed mm-hmm. as a ska band. Whereas, like, No Effects is just like No Effects. I mean, a punk band yeah. that did some ska songs. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I think, like, Scout Kids, like, like getting it to feel hard, and, um, yeah, Suicide Machines <laughs> gives us that, to be like, hell yeah, um, yeah, I like, uh, the Aquabats, but also
2: Suicide Machines <laughs> it's
1: like, the, it's the way for them to feel cool in that specific way. <laughs> it gives, it gives, uh, punk kids, like, the, the, the street cred that, um, yeah. are, are that the, they don't necessarily get in other departments. <laughs>
0: Plus, Detroit's kind of known for like their hardcore bands being a little tougher than a lot of other Midwestern punk bands. So that, that kind of negative approach is from Detroit, I think. So, you know, <laughs> that's a fighting band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> I guess Suicide Machines also feel more niche than saying like Rancid because everyone likes Rancid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ranty and and, were- and they were on the Tony Hawk's pers- uh, escape, uh skater soundtrack. They were uh, New Girl was on there, which you is yeah, it's got a little, it's got like a Scott breakdown towards the end of that one. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um, I guess we could vote. Um, I'm, I'm personally, I, I'm more of an MU330 fan, so I'm going to vote with, vote for them. There's just, there's some, there's, I could sing along with more MU330 than I can Suicide Machines. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going MU330 too, just because like they're more, for the specific bracket, they are more, I think, Scott than, than not. They just bring a different a different flavor to it versus being a, a different kind of a different thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: AMU 330
2: from
0: me. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and make it unanimous. And Amy, th- Amy, 330 is great. Dan is great. Dan's just like a super sweet guy from everything that I've ever heard about him. Yeah. Um,
2: Those like are that. a lot of
0: fun all right we have two more matchups in the first round uh so next we have big D and the kids table going up against slow gherkin glad i can't stop from just smiling when that damn sun is shining on hell it's just shining down all over me no I can't help Big D is uh, one of the bands I was thinking of when I thought of Ska bands keeping Ska alive into the 2000s. Um, they, yeah. another Boston band, which kind of makes sense too. I never, I don't think I knew they were another Boston band until I was researching them for this episode and I was like, oh, okay, they kind of have that vibe of like a yeah upper E, like an East Coast punk mm-hmm. band even at this point. This would have been like, their biggest stuff would have been taking off in the Two thousands, even they started in the nineties, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. they yeah. always
1: feel very much like the um, like a babysitters club analogy might be lost on you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in the babysitters <laughs> club, there's like the five main girls, and then they added two junior officers like later, and they have always felt like junior officers to like the the main original girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I am. More familiar with the babysitters club than you would think. Um, <laughs> no, I do, I know what you're talking about actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I have I, no my idea. Wife I'd miss... Has cool. talked about how they added two, two other girls later on. Um, she was big into the, mm-hmm. the babysitters club yep. as a yep. kid. Um, yeah, big D awesome. are the junior Perfect. league ska around. band, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, totally. Um, they're really, they're fun. I like seeing them live. They still put a smile on my face when I see them now. That um, LAX song is uh, awesome. <laughs> it's just so fun. I think it's I play on my home from uh, that I feel didn't go as well as it should have. I <laughs> pop on uh, LAX, the kids' table. My friend Tommy, who used to have a college rotation, he, um, he would play that song and then he would live bleep it the whole way through because he was so obsessed with it. And uh, I have a lot of great memories of four AM with like five people listening to him, just like be like, "Don't miss a fuck." I hope you don't miss a fuck, Tom. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna cancel the whole station.
0: <laughs> yeah, I listened to that song yesterday, and I was like, "This song is long. Like, it was like yeah, five, over a five long minute time. long song." But it's just fun. It yeah, this, it, has, it has a lot of fucks in that song too. It was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> goes for it. <laughs> <laughs> They've never been, like, my band, um, probably because no. by the time they were, like, gaining a lot of prominence, I was, wasn't was super into a ton of ska bands that I wasn't already mm-hmm. into, and a lot of them were breaking up when they kind of yeah. took off. So, like, they didn't, they never, like, crossed my path until way l- later. Probably, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I probably thought of them as a, a a newer band than they really were by at least five years, so... Mm-hmm. I've always kind of mentally grouped them with more like Bomb the Music Industry and those Mm -hmm. later, Streetlight Manifesto maybe, some of the later 2000s. Yeah, like um,
1: like Suburban Legends, like that kind of second gen,
0: third Mm -hmm. wave a little bit. Um, But we can talk about Slow Gherkin, who are a part of that third wave explosion. But like, that lower tiered, like, so you've got your yeah. top your top three, you know, those are, like, your, your icons, everybody knows those bands. Then you get your second levels, you got your Aquabats and Mustard Plug, like, the beloved mm-hmm. in the sky scene, very well known, but maybe not mainstream yeah. attention-worthy. Then you got, like, that next tier that's just, like, oh, yeah, they were there, too. Like, <laughs> they're not bad, they're not, it doesn't mean that anything about quality, really, it's just they were, no. didn't have the attention that a lot of other bands got they were an interesting band too they were very eclectic they did a lot of different things with their records mm-hmm. especially that very first one on asian yeah. man i do think asian man records has always kind of like all the scott bands associated with that label mm-hmm. never quite mm-hmm. broke through um beyond just like a dedicated like
2: yeah
1: the people following mm-hmm. yeah exactly
0: like their most famous song, I guess, is their cover, Hava Nagila, like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on that first record. <laughs> I like Slow Gerkin a lot, but I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to be like, name your top five favorite songs. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll put that one record on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm kind of the same way. It's like, I, I like them. their place. I don't, I just, not that familiar with them as much as I, you know, a lot of the others on this list. I, I've never seen them live. Um, which I think pretty much everybody everybody else except for dance hall crashers I've seen live So like that that generally informed my opinion on like, kind of how I feel about a band too I just like the the that because usually when I'm listening to a scout record I am like kind of reminiscing about what that show what seeing them live was like like that I'm kind of just like thinking back to that as well um, really have any nostalgic feelings with with and to associate it with so I'm like, yeah no, it's good but that's kind of where
0: my uh, enthusiasm stops. Yeah, Slogurkin is definitely more hit or miss for me. Um, it's much more song-by-song song basis than a lot of other bands. Yeah. Um, they do win for having the grossest name on this list. <laughs> yeah. I'll give them um, that
1: for sure. That's a title. <laughs>
0: they, But they also were, or at least some of the members were uh, in uh, Dan P. and the Bricks. Mm-hmm. which mm, Yes. Wanted to give them that credit. Um, yeah. Which, uh, that shows even in their earlier records, because they definitely dipped into the two-tone sound a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I should listen to them more. Should, yeah. I'm gonna make that a thing I do this week. Go through, they, have a slow gherkin.
0: They are, they're one of those like, un, underrated bands, probably. I don't know. They may not really be underrated. They may be like, perfectly rated for what they have, but <laughs> you know, like they're known if you're way in the sky. But yeah. <laughs> they yeah, they fit yeah. in there with like Link eighty or like Blue Meanies or like Spring Hill Jack for me. Like one of those kind of bands. Yeah, I would it. put them just probably above those bands, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. In, um in the same yeah, group yeah. more like more like a Bucko nine, maybe. <laughs> yes. That's actually yeah. exactly it. Bucko nine exactly. Planet Smashers. Yeah, Flo <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah exactly. You never buy a ticket for sloger again, but if they're there, you'll stick around. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, totally. Well,
0: uh, let's go ahead and vote. Um, this one might be unanimous, too. Um, I'm going to go with Big yeah. D. They're pretty important. Um, mm-hmm. I have about as much investment in both of these bands, honestly. So, uh, yeah, Big D feels more important to Ska as a whole than sloger can do.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Big D, too. I really respect the hustle that they to have, like, risen to any prominence during like the time but they have been like on i think most people within the scenes radar is impressive just because like flogging through that like late aughts is uh you deserve a, <laughs> an award for
2: that
0: <laughs> um i actually didn't weigh in too much on big d uh when we talked about them prepping for this episode to multiple songs i s- told myself I don't think I like Big D in the kids' table. Mm. So I'm actually... it's it's a th- I'm going to throw my vote away and I'm going to vote Slow <laughs> Gherkin. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they just don't... I don't know. Big D just doesn't click for me, but it yeah. doesn't matter at this point. They're going on anyway, yeah. so...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, our last one in round one. We have Catch 22 going up against Dancehall Crashers. Come with me, i was sitting at my desk with a gun in my hand Wearing a bulletproof vest Singing my, 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 how the time does fly When you know
2: you're gonna die by the end of the night
0: Echo your opinion on Big D with Catch Twenty Two. Um, yep. I went and listened to a bunch of songs, specifically ones off Keysby Nights, because that's like the record. Um, and I was like, eh, I don't think I like. Keys- I don't think I like Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, I remember in college, my college girlfriend freaked out on me because I didn't know who Catch Twenty Two was, and I was like, I mean, okay. They're- I'm sorry. I was surprised to learn that they were around in, like, 97, 98. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are one of those bands that started because of the ska explosion. Um, mm-hmm. And Keys Knight does have, like, a this, like, reputation of being, like, a classic ska record. But I've never, ever understood why.
1: <laughs> it just, like, uh, feels like a panic attack. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, a, a little bit too fast sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and I don't and I've, and I've always felt that. That's not just 36-year-old Brandy speaking. That's also, you know, 20-year-old Brandy seeing them live for the first time and being like, what am I supposed to do to this? I guess, I just, I guess I'll just stand here because I don't know what to do right now. Um, uh, I, I like streetlights so much more. Um, so so much more. Uh and I mean Streetlight is debatable ska or not, but like
0: uh
1: <laughs> I even like their I prefer their covers, like the Gush stuff. <laughs> or are they covers? I don't have controversy around that, who cares? Um
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> weird. I remember the, that being like a big deal when Streetlight did their version of Keysby Nights and it was like, holy shit, can you believe that this band, it's like, yeah, they're having a battle with Victory Records. They were just mad that Victory was going to reissue something and they weren't going to get any money for it, so yeah. <laughs> which is our yeah. it's fine. They own those songs. They're their songs but yeah. there's also like some members from Catch-22 still in Catch-22 when mm-hmm. that Streetlight when thing happened,
2: happened,
0: which is like weird. Like you're kind of screwing over yeah. people you were in a band with in the first place, but I don't Well, know. The, there's probably a reason they weren't in the band with each other anymore. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah it was
1: Yeah, I was like more likely.
0: It was probably not an amicable split. <laughs> um no. I, you said it sounds like a panic attack, and that <laughs> was <laughs> like that's it, exactly. <laughs> um <laughs> Catch 22 is a band that I maybe had like five songs on like a burnt CD that mm-hmm. I got from Justin when his college girlfriend made him yeah, made me listen to him. Listen and I was to yeah, still yeah. like, "No, night, I don't get it." <laughs> yeah. Um right. yep. I listened to them a bunch. Um revisiting them, that song on and on came on and I was like, "Oh, here we go. <laughs> like this is going to mm-hmm. be am I going to get real into Catch 22?" Um <laughs> yeah. Just, like, this little bit of nostalgia. Uh, Mm -hmm. By the end of the song, I was like, nope, nope, I'm not. Yeah.
1: (laughs) On and on
2: and on.
1: Coming at you. They're like, I don't. Yeah. Like, slow it down just a little bit. Because, like, I like the words are fun. The rhyming is good. The horn parts are good. Just, like, slow it down just a hair. (laughs) And I would like it so much more. (laughs) It's,
0: I... I wanted to call it tech ska. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, it's, it totally makes sense that they were a victory records band. Like this is a hardcore kids ska band. Yes. I mean, I guess you would say the same of suicide machines, but catch 22 more. So I feel like that it fits that mentality of, especially if you were into like, which I feel like the kind of people I knew who liked catch 22 also liked iron maiden and like Mm -hmm. wish they have an iron maiden cover yeah (laughs) they would um yeah definitely they also wait that was big d sorry big d has iron maiden cover catch 22 had um i actually wrote that down uh they did the beach boys uh wreck of the sloop john b (laughs) (laughs) um they probably played it way too fast
1: <laughs> yeah, in in thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah.
0: Catch twenty two have the you know how the really fast ska songs like you just do like the running in place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. absolutely all you can do with catch twenty two <laughs> and it's even then it's too fast. You're gonna be <laughs> yeah. out of breath by the end of it. Yeah, you just to hurt one your song. knees
1: doing jumping hurt your knees doing jumping jacks. That's all you got. Too much
0: um let's talk about dancehall crashers though because i feel like they occupy a completely different space um yes you mentioned wanting to like save ferris for the same reason you know of liking dancehall crashers and Mm -hmm. i find way more to enjoy with dancehall crashers um yes absolutely absolutely incredibly catchy songs great melodies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, two vocalists
1: Yeah, their voices go great together, and I mean, you still don't even get a ton of like female duo acts, you know. There's their their harmonies are really really fun. Um, They were like uh, one of the few blueprints to be an alternative uh, lady in the '90s. Um, Big big old fan of these ladies.
0: Yeah, I listened to or watched the video (laughs) for "Lost Again," which Mm -hmm. they had the music. Yeah, the one they're like two or three videos actually had made, and it was. Just so, like, oh, this song is so good. It just, like, soothes just the right part of, like, the catchiness in your brain, you know, in your brain. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I immediately watched, like, a a band covering it on, like, a Zoom line. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I was, like, and I watched the entire thing over again, like, back to back. And I was, like, this song is just that good that it's, like, you can listen to it back to back. And that record overall is just very, very catchy and upbeat. It's uh, mm-hmm. Honey, I'm Homely. Um, yeah. I, I didn't realize that that band was started by Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman right after Operation Ivy. But then they <laughs> left fairly soon and then started some other band before Rancid, too. So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you start a band and leave immediately. but
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, thanks, thanks Tim Armstrong. Appreciate it. I think uh, everything that guy touches is going to be pretty decent for the most part. <laughs> So I'll take it. Yeah, they're fun. You can kind of feel that influence a little bit. Um, yeah, they're just they're catchy and fun to dance to. Like they're a band. Like I throw them on in the background if I if I want to listen to them actively or passively. They 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 uh, kind of hit the sweet spot for either. One. You know, if I feel like I want to be like just working, I'll throw on Dancehall Crashers and it just puts you in a good mood. But if I want to just like you know be driving and like really listening to something, um, they're not. You know, they're they're just fun, solid band that you kind of forget about a lot, but. yeah
0: they're great Uh, they're a band that i remember listening to as a teenager um checking out different ska bands Mm -hmm. kind of exploring the genre and they for some reason i just didn't pay very much attention to them then um Mm -hmm. so in my mind they've always been kind of just tucked away as like lower tier kind of forgettable Mm -hmm. ska band revisiting them for this bracket episode they're so good. They're so catchy. Mm-hmm. Those melodies and, yeah. are super memorable. And then mm-hmm. add to that like great harmonization, great horn section mm-hmm. doing yeah. awesome things. Like just compositionally they're a great band to listen to. Um yeah. and then like Absolutely. really when they played punk songs, they played them with a really hard distortion sound. Like they're mm-hmm. They were catchy and melodic, and a little bit heavy and, uh, I don't know, interesting band that I I really wish I had not ignored for as long as I have. Well, do we want to vote? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm going to go with Dancehall Crashers. I think think this is maybe another unanimous one, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am also a Dancehall Crashers vote,
0: yes. (laughs) And I'm going to go with Dancehall Crashers. Yeah. All right, so... That's all the first round stuff. That takes up the majority of the time now to fly through round two and three and the final. So uh though, I don't really know, it. these head to heads are a little more interesting. Uh all right, yeah, our I first know. the first one we have, we have less than Jake going up against Fishbone. Oh. They're,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're they're pretty iconic, both fans. Um yeah, this is interesting. Uh
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a, this is where it starts getting into like, what is the judging criteria? Criteria yeah. like, is it the, uh, is, it, is it based on personal preference? Is it based on you know the band's historical contribution to the genre? Is it based on specifically third wave contribution? You know, I mean,
0: fucking hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. Less than Jake are probably more easily consumable. Um, mm-hmm. Their music is also it has an anthemic quality mm-hmm. um that i do generally enjoy in in punk bands but fat fishbone are complex and interesting which gives them a lot of artistic credibility also yeah historically more significant <clears throat> i'm going to go with less than jake I think, yeah i think
1: that's yeah i think i'm up. No.
0: we're specifically saying third wave i guess when we talk about this bracket and fishbone are so many other things. I feel like I feel like even there people probably don't even consider them a ska band. Like because they do mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. You might just lump them in the nebulous like alternative sound. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm voting for Less than Jake on this one.
1: Yeah, I think I am too. I'm like ultimately I think gonna come down to which ticket would I rather buy and I I'll I I love Less than Jake Live. I just I've seen them probably second to they're probably the biggest band i've ever seen more than anything else they just i just full nostalgia factor with them they just take me back to you know 1997 every single time i see them and i just love them i know all the words to basically all their songs i just fucking love those guys (laughs) um
0: i'm gonna go with less than jake as well but it was very very close Um, yeah
1: it's a very difficult one
0: yeah, yeah i probably i'm like what Dylan just said, I fall more on the anthemic, like, sing-alongable side of things more. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Fishbowl may be, like, the crazier show to see live, so I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know. It would be, like, mm-hmm. a coin toss, probably, for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> deciding live, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. Our next one looks a little more obvious. Uh, we have Mustard Plug going up against the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I mean, we we said it earlier, like, our Mustard Plug are, like, the second-level band. You know, they're not... Mm-hmm. Bad, but they're not like the Boston's, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go Boston's on this. I mean, they're 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 a real, real top tier. Probably my like overall number of time.
0: I love those guys. I'm gonna go Boston's as well. Um, of the God tier ska bands on this bracket, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're the one I enjoy. <laughs> that i'm familiar with <laughs> i could probably think of more boston songs off the top of my head that i could mustard plug songs mr smiley's all right but yeah i mean mr smiley's great <laughs> i'm not gonna stop whistling that song um, <laughs> it's just gonna follow me for the rest of my life i have i have rascal yeah. king stuck in my head regularly like that's one that i've oh, always had yeah
1: <laughs> That one's
0: fun as hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our next one, we have the Aquabats going up against MU three thirty. These are probably the two ska bands I listen to the most outside of Five Iron Frenzy. Like they're the ones mm-hmm. that I go back to frequent most frequently. I'm I don't know how you vote against the Aquabats though. Yeah. Um they're just so much. They're the total package. Like, yeah. There's Mm -hmm. so much to enjoy. They're still around. They have multiple forms of media you can absorb. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Aquabats.
1: Yeah, I think, Sam, they're still, you know, if if I'm going off of like what ticket do I buy, I will always buy an Aquabats ticket. Because also, growing up on the East Coast, I just like they never came uh, for most of. I remember seeing them for the first time when I was like a junior in college and I like drove to like a weird basement in the middle of New Jersey and could not have been more excited. I was just like bouncing off of the ceiling, just like, I finally get to see the Aquabats live. <laughs> I could wait. I mean, that's probably the most anticipated show I've ever had in my life was just like the first time that I got to see that craziness. Oh, man, I just I, I love them so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Aquabats as well. Um, it's tough, though. I really do love MU 330. But their first two records are a little more spotty compared to, I mean, all right, well, if we're comparing first records, the first Aquabats record's not very good. But <laughs> um, there's more. There's more Aquabats records that I enjoy from beginning to end and more songs throughout mm-hmm. their discography. Seeing them live was incredible. I have vivid memories of circle pitting <laughs> to mm-hmm. their them covering uh, Suburban Home. <laughs> um, yep. Just a great band. I'm al- I'm always going to be uh, a cadet. What do they <laughs> call <color> their <being>? fans? <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, our last head-to-head in round two is Big D and the Kid's Table versus the Dancehall Crashers. Um, I respect Big D for everything they've done to keep Ska alive in the late 2000s. It was not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just like listening to Dancehall Crashers more, though. So that's who I'm going to vote for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same. I w- I would kill to see them live. Um, so one of those things that are always like, I'm out a time machine and go back in time. They're like one of the top ends. I would want to see what the hell that was like. It'd be so fun just to dance to. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm gonna go with as I've said. I'm not. I'm not into the Big D. Um, <laughs> go Dance Hall Crashers. I'm just gonna go with the those sweet harmonies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right, this ugh, here we go. We have There's less like, than so Jake. Awesome. Going up against the mighty, mighty Bostones. Um, if we're going purely based on just my personal, like, I mean, I'm bo- what I'm familiar with, I'm going to go with the Bostones.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Bostones too. I mean, I, I, I love both of these bands with uh, giant chunks of my heart, but I mean, Bostones are, Bostones just don't play as much either. Um, you know, I mean, those guys are all, have other stuff going on. So it's a Boston concert it still feels like an event in a way that, you know, less than Jake, I can usually see them, like, once or twice a year if I want to, so, you know, for what, you know, if that's, I don't know if that's a way to judge them or not, but, like, Boston Boston's still get me, like, when a, when a tour date for the Boston's comes out, I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> it's gonna be fun.
0: <laughs> I'm going Boston's as well. Yeah. All right, now, mm-hmm. uh, we have <laughs> the Aquabats versus Dancehall Crashers.
2: Dancehall,
0: Dancehall. Um... I'm going to give this to the
1: Aquabats since they are still together and have long hauled it um, and haven't lost quality and have just like expanded and moved a different direction. Um, That's a difficult that's a difficult one, though. But I think, yeah, the fact that they've like they they slogged through it, (laughs) they outlived Screamo. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with the aquabats too they mean so much more to me there's more to choose from there's mm-hmm. more albums um and a yeah. wider variety of sounds like charge is like a straight up mm-hmm. like devo style pop punk record and then like you mm-hmm. have the weird uh versus the floating eye of death which is like an odd like just whatever they threw at the wall and then totally. straight up ska. Early stuff, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with. And I'm gonna stick mm-hmm. with what I know, and I'm going to Aquabats as well. <laughs> so it's the Boston's yeah. versus the Aquabats. <laughs> oh. <sighs> now remember, this is a third wave ska bracket, <laughs> so you have to take into account like Aquabats kind of quit being a ska band for the most part. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was the point I was gonna make. Yeah, it's like it's they're not. They they aren't. T- like they fall into ska, I think, more because of like the fun lovingness and like they have like the essence of ska. Not necessarily they're they're more ska and like the abstract versus like the concrete. And Boston's is like a like fucking concrete ass ska band that like de- <laughs> defines the genre. They're genre defining, you know. Um, and I don't think you could say Aquabats like define the genre. Um, they are like a beautiful weird version of it that is deeply welcome in the catalog, but. Yeah, I'm gonna go Boston's for that reason. I think. I mean, they're they have a dancing guy.
0: <laughs> but do they have monsters come out in the middle of their shows and they fight them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dance the Bostonians. I mean,
2: exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean,
1: yeah. Ever seen a concert? Been to a concert in Boston? <laughs>
0: Dancing guy versus the floating eye of death. Uh,
1: yes, <laughs> that's a mashup. I would love to see. <laughs>
0: oh, man, we've got you've got great costumes on both sides here. I mean, yeah. yeah, the, the plaid,
1: showmanship is top tier.
0: The plaid suits, you've got the wetsuits, you've got mm-hmm. <laughs> dancing guy, you've got monsters, you've got genre defining and and you've got uh Genre transcending. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, genre bending for sure. I know. Like building upon.
0: You've got more hits than you thought you knew. Um, you've mm-hmm. got <laughs> deep cuts that are still hilarious. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to go Aquabats. Um, it's just my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. So we have a tiebreaker. I'm the tiebreaker again. Yeah.
1: You are
0: the tiebreaker. Yeah. I I like do you think uh Dickie would be very irritated with MC Bat Commander if they were <laughs> like on stage together? <laughs>
1: I don't think he would know what to do with them. He'd be like, yeah, am, uh <laughs> you're,
0: you're doing too much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean Dickie has the dance. I mean Ben Carr exists, so Dickie doesn't have the dance.
0: Dicky can just plant and
1: like just grab a little stuff. He brings the gravitas to the lead singer position that um, no one else in on this list does. Dicky feels like an el- like a states of
2: Scott. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: like um, Back Commander feels like a a beautiful prince. <laughs> Although there is a prince in the Aquabats already. So.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess what I would do at this point is come down to who would the Aquabats vote for. And they would probably say go with the Boston's. Uh, they are humble and probably Mormons. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely Mormons. <laughs> yeah, they are, yeah. At least they are Mormons. The Jacobsons are. Yeah. 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 I don't know that the Boston's would vote for the Aquabats, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess if we're going to talk about importance in Ska and uh, overall impact and they they and did longevity. Write impression that I get, mm-hmm. so
2: <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. I'm
0: gonna go with the Boston's. It yeah. uh, it seems like the right thing to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it feels it feels that way. I mean, that's a hard top two though. I mean, they are both. Um, you know, amazing in their in their own right. I mean, I, I applying my ticket test. Just this is that's a difficult choice. if They were both playing on the same night because I, I mean, I love both bands a lot, and I've probably seen them both about the same amount. Um, I didn't see a ton of either one of them really. I, I probably saw the Boston's more growing up, but I see them less now. I feel like the acrobats are more readily available now than I've been growing up. Weirdly. Um, yeah, I just, the the Boston's just will always make me feel like a a kid in a way that the Aquabats feel like I'm like an adult that knows cool shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) An adult who can introduce your kid to this band.
1: Yeah. Yeah, The Aquabats feel like I'm going to be a really cool aunt and like the Boston's are like solely for me
0: as a person. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I feel like it's so funny, we've done a couple of these brackets now, and every time we get to the end, it's like, yeah, of course it was going to be that band. <laughs> why would why did you even think this is going to be hard? But it's like, when you talk about each each head-to-head, then that's where all the yeah. decisions come in. Exactly. So. exactly. Well, I mean, that's what exactly. I said on the first bracket. Like, it's every great bracket has one clear winner. Um, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: But it's how you get yeah. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Brandy, thank thanks you so for much time. for doing the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Super fun.
0: um Where can people follow you online? Where do you recommend social media? Uh, yeah, I'm,
1: twi- I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle, B R A N D A Z Z L E. My website is brandyposy.com. And also, if you use bands in town, you can follow me at Brandy Posey on there for whenever live dates happen again when um touring is safe i uh tour the country you know seven eight months out of the year so i'm like always on the road trying to go to as many places as possible um and then uh i have a podcast called lady to lady it's me and two other female comics just like riffing and bullshitting and having a really good time and we have like um pretty fun guests on like we've helped like um uh like kyle canadian's been on he's a big fast guy um, Karen Colguero from My Favorite Murders a good buddy of ours. Um, uh, French Stewart is on every 100 episodes. He's weirdly become a friend of our show. Uh, <laughs> one of my what? co-hosts had a, had a crush on him in high school, and we like found him to get him on the podcast, and she could tell him on the podcast. And he was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. So now he just comes <laughs> back every 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 100 episodes he's our special guest
0: (laughs) (laughs) i see his face every night before i go to sleep (laughs) third rock reruns because third rock reruns are always on my wife has to have the tv on so i'm like i sit there and watch this show on mute for like 15 (laughs) minutes i'm like what am i watching (laughs)
1: Oh, I love sweetheart. He, um, we took him to Sizzler for our 200th episode and, uh, he just like drank, drank a Chardonnay at the Sizzler buffet and we just, uh, celebrated 200 episodes and we're, we're about to do 400. We're going to do it in his backyard at his house this time, which will be fun. Socially distant, 10 feet away from each other. We're going to record <laughs> his house He's a, he's a sweetheart. We love, we love French.
0: <laughs> well, awesome.
1: Yeah, French. Me, me there. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, we were on all social medias as well. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Punk Lotto Pod. All the usual stuff. Um, yeah, so that, that'll do it for this week. And yeah, thanks again, Brandy, for doing the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was a blast. Scott <laughs> forever.